0: Blood brothers and sanguine sisters. To deeply discussing Dexter, I'm your host Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello, Brooke Merritt. Hi. And Zach Roland. Hello. And today we're discussing season five, episode seven, "Circle Us." On this episode, finding murder victims is like fish in a barrel. Quinn coughs up another five hundred dollars. Saint Bridget isn't real. Johnny Lee Miller appears. And Dexter frames Boyd Fowler, so he and Lumen can keep Cole for themselves. What did you guys think of this episode overall?
1: I'm I liked it. I, I thought it was a good episode. Honestly, uh, I'm gonna say this: I like season five. Like I'm I'm, I'm okay with it so far. <laughs> so it was good. I can hear the I can hear all the hate in your voice. <laughs> no,
2: like it's, no, it's I didn't it's, hate, it's, hate this one. Yeah, like I I actually find myself enjoying this a lot more than the first time I watched it. And I don't know if that was the long wait that we had or the fact that it had just followed the best season. Um but this I, I'm very much enjoying this season the second go around. And uh this this episode really kicks it up a notch. I
0: was I was
3: happy with it yeah I didn't think it was that bad I I agree it wasn't I mean I wouldn't call it a good episode I wouldn't call it a great episode there were some things that weren't so so great but all things considered it was a Scott Buck episode I believe and it wasn't awful
0: it sure was it's it's like Um, the best one so far
2: I'm yeah I take back everything that I said. You're <laughs> the season of garbage. No, uh. you can't take it back,
1: see, because you said it and it's it's actually uh, being recorded, so you definitely can't take it back. Yeah. Look,
3: don't be ashamed. I liked a Scott Buck episode that everybody else hated, so it's time. It's, it's time true. for the rest of you to feel, the, feel yeah, what I felt.
0: I think that they finally are getting to the story that they actually came up with for this season and they're not dealing with this transition. Um, which was what the first three or four episodes of the show this season were. They're now fully into the Lumen and Dexter going on a revenge plot, and that's way more exciting than um, watching them write Aster and Cody off the show, watching them sort of uh, fumble how Dexter deals with everything, fumble the whole idea of everyone's living in Deb's apartment and then Deb's not living in Deb's apartment and she's with Quinn sort of, but she doesn't want to talk about it and that part of it's been kind of a headache Um, but this this thing that's been sort of a foregone conclusion like, if you didn't know that if you didn't know at the end of of episode 2 that Dexter was going to help Lumen kill all of these guys then, you know I guess you don't know this show very well because that's, that's what it's been setting up for forever. And now we're finally, finally Dexter is not trying to talk her out of it anymore. They're actually going for it. So He's team
2: lineman now.
3: And the, it's, it's an interesting development of the, the mystery of who the guys are. And as we get into how it all came about and making the connections, it's an interesting kind of mystery component to the show. It's a little different than, than what they've done.
0: Yeah. Dexter and lumen are a, a much more interesting scooby-doo gang than Miami Metro is yeah because they're I actually that, effective at it
1: <laughs> I think that too the almost the uh, the situation where they did have to do all that sort of overload up top in the first couple of episodes has maybe made the back half of this season benefit because now it doesn't seem like it's dragging on as much uh, it just seems like the pacing is at least uh, palpable. Uh, as opposed to like some of the Miguel season where you're just like, shoot me with a a broken bow and arrow uh, because it's, it's, it's just awful. So the pacing, I think, is, is, is keeping me interested enough in a story that's maybe not a strong story, but I'm like, OK, they're getting there. They're getting there.
0: Yeah. Well, it opens with Dexter telling us that it's been a month now since he's rescued Lumen. She's still staying at the house that Rita died in. Luma starts telling Dexter about Watch Guy, who would say, Tick, 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 that's the sound of your life running out. She also tells him about Suit Guy, who she has seen without a blindfold. Suit Guy is shown... This is where
3: you can kind of see it's... Sorry, uh, this is where you can kind of see it's a Scott Buck episode, because Watch Guy and Suit and Tie Guy, which, that's very Scott Buck. The dialogue is Scott Buck. This is a decent episode, but you can tell he wrote a lot of the dialogue.
0: Yeah. There's not a whole lot of puns in this episode, which is unlike Scott Buck, but but yeah. Grateful for that. Um, Suit guy is shown with a truckload of day laborers at the barrel dump site in the middle of the night. They're going to move bodies. Um, Do not ever get onto the back of a truck with a guy in a suit at like 10 o'clock at night and go somewhere in the middle of the Everglades. It's a bad bad plan.
2: Hmm. Seemed like a good idea at the time, I'm sure.
0: Uh, Lumen wants to be involved in the killing, <laughs> but Dexter is still pushing back. Lumen thanks Dexter, and he awkwardly shakes her hand. In his head, he likens it to his prom date.
2: I actually really like that. He's like, this is just like my prom. And then she shakes his hand, and he's like, exactly like my prom. Yeah. I'm like, nice.
0: Uh, suit guy in his truckload of lady barrels is T-boned. Sonya has introduced St. Bridget to Harrison's sleep routine to watch over him. Dexter puts the figure in Harrison's toy box. Quinn mentions that he and Deb could look for a new place together instead of staying at his. She gets called into the barrel accident, but she doesn't tell them she's with Quinn. She wants to keep their relationship a secret. Dexter arrives on the scene. There are five bodies on the road. Quinn steps in congealed organ goo. Which Dexter explains to him what that is and makes a face. Uh, Deb notices whip marks on the other, uh, whip marks and other wounds on the other bodies. Uh, Suitman has fled the scene. Masuka found the jacket folded up in the car. Lumen shows up at the crime scene. Liddy calls Quinn. He's identified that Dexter is keeping a woman at his house. As Liddy describes her over the phone, Quinn watches Dexter walk off with Lumen. Extra cells loom in the accident means the perpetrators are on the run. He tells her to leave
2: So, how did that jacket stay perfectly folded in this horrible wreck?
0: (laughs) Suit
3: suit and tie guy is a really strong folder
0: If I didn't like to stay fresh, I always watch these episodes like the day before we do the recording but if I had more time, I would have created, like, a whole Mega Man select screen with Suit Man and Watch Man and, like, all the <laughs> different mans that she has to defeat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very video game style. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> different levels with different components, and you have to get certain items to defeat them because that's their thing that is their downfall.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, uh, well, it really is. That's pretty deep, guys.
0: They stole the whole plot from Mega Man 2. This is... Yeah. <laughs> This is pretty a game much. changer.
3: <laughs> if you think of the rest of it as a video game, is it going to get better? The rest of the trajectory of Dexter? No. No. <laughs> no, okay.
2: Because I was I really like, optimistic. I feel like everything after this becomes that Lost video game that was the worst version of Lost. So. But, but,
3: oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad, okay.
1: Uh, Wait, there was a lost video game like based off of the show?
2: Yeah.
0: What did you do? Did you just get lost?
2: you <laughs> just
3: get lost?
0: You just open these mystery boxes and there's nothing in them. <laughs>
3: it's pretty much. It's hanging a landfill with all the eighty games. <laughs> it's like you're
1: another passenger on a different plane on another side of the island at another period in time. <laughs> and you just happen to find a temple and all of a sudden, boom. Basically, Next level. Actually, in
0: the game, you just play J.J. Abrams, and you just set pieces <laughs> of paper on fire. <laughs> uh. So the truck with the barrels is registered to Jordan Chase, Johnny Lee Miller's character. Masuka knows all about Chase and gives Dexter a crash course on Take It. The driver's prints aren't in the APHIS database. Dexter finds a couple of hairs on the suit jacket, and Masuka takes them.
2: And if anybody knew... <laughs> The course on Take It. It's Masuka. Of course. I said
0: something to Aaron before we logged on about how if someone was going to say, tick, 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 that's the sound of your life running away, that why not just say, take it? Because that makes a lot more sense and... All right. It was funnier when I explained it to her. Um,
3: yeah, I would. Uh, I'm not following you.
0: <laughs> so Angel Laguerta and Matthews, brief Quinn, and Death plan sting to arrest the Fuentes brothers at the club using Angel's snitch, Yasmine. Matthews tells Laguerta that she'd better get it right this time.
3: You can tell by the way they're reassuring Yasmin that things are going to go wrong.
0: <laughs> you're going to die th- tonight, It's going
3: to be great, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is. We know how this is going to end.
0: You're you're safe with Laguerta.
2: <clears throat> yeah. She, yeah, that's reassuring. They might as well have put her in a red dress and just sent her out there because she's she's gonna die.
0: Why does your l- lieutenant keep calling me Meat Shield? <laughs> <laughs> Um, asks, uh, Angel how they're doing, tracking down Jordan Chase, but Chase and his head of security, AKA suit man, step off the elevator and walk into homicide. Chase walks over and introduces himself to Deb, the first person past the elevator. Um, and this, uh, led me to think, you know, it kind of does look like Deb is the receptionist for homicide because as soon as you step off the elevator, she's right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Masuka, fanboys, and Dexter takes a couple of photos to show Lumen. He also compliments Chase on his watch. Chase says it was a gift from his father. Chase and Suitman explain that the truck is Suitman's to drive, but that it was stolen. Angel is skeptical because the keys were inside it. Maguerta makes a crack about how Suitman is the head of security, and Chase joins in making fun of him. He gets a name, Cole. Chase, finally. (laughs) No,
2: Suitman. We're sticking to Suitman. I never so say Suitman
3: again, though. Can we really never <laughs> say that again? There's
1: a lot of Suitman. I was also suit thinking man, that watch uh, man. <laughs> this is uh, this is also similar to like Reservoir Dogs, where they're all like Mister Pink and Mister yeah. Blonde, and it's like okay, they they all have their own alter egos because they're all in on this like. It's not a hit job. It's an awful rape job, but still, it's like that paired over to that. You could go any direction with this. Really. Well,
0: yeah, the fake names in *Reservoir Dogs* is so they don't know enough about each other's identities to, like, rat each other out if they get caught. Yeah, that was the idea there. So they don't know each other's real names. But yeah, with this, it's just um, it's because Scott Buck wrote *Lumen* in this episode that they're called Suit Man and Watch Man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, any other show, or at least any other writer, would have come up with something more interesting. Suitman.
0: I would love the Watchman. credit to just appear on the screen. Special appearance by Johnny Lee Miller as Watchman.
3: <laughs> Watchman. That's <laughs> terrible.
0: Um, Chase promises his cooperation in return for Miami Metro, keeping his name out of the press. Suka says that all the hair and prints in the truck were a match for Cole.
3: Can I step back a little bit to Masuka when he first is in the truck at the scene? And he's just climbing around everything. Yeah, he's got gloves on. That's not going to keep your DNA from mixing in with the rest of it. Don't they typically take the truck back to the lab? Everybody gets like hazmatted up. There's Masuka just climbing around.
0: Yeah, first A&E of all, Metro. stop talking about Masuka's DNA. And second of all <laughs> yes you're right they should right. have taken the truck back to crime scene uh processing Technic-
2: technically masuka's hey. dna is everywhere anyway
3: and in forms we don't want to speak of okay just oh
0: yeah um yeah masuka says that, yeah he says the hair and the prints and the trucker match for cole dexter goes to visit lumen There's a package with a flashlight on the front step. Dexter shows her a picture of Cole Harmon, a.k.a. Suitman. Lumen recognizes him. He also shows her a picture of Chase and Masuka. Lumen says she doesn't know him, but he is definitely a freak. Dexter has to point out that she doesn't mean Masuka to look at, but Lumen does not recognize Chase.
2: Which is awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: Everybody's gotta take their digs at Masuka. Uh...
1: Dexter says. But is he a super freak?
2: Is he super freaky? Yow! <laughs> um,
0: he's alright.
2: He's alright. Have you me. seen his baller ass truck? Of course he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he uh he definitely tells somebody to take it from time to time.
1: So.
0: Uh, uh somebody's somebody's getting fucked as I <laughs> think the lines of <laughs> Dexter says that they'll probably get Cole to turn in his accomplices and they'll all be brought to justice he tells Lumen that she can put it behind her the police will take care of it Lumen wants to be the one to take care of it in order to get Cole themselves Dexter has to give the police a new suspect Boyd Fowler the actual killer they go to Fowler's house to clear any traces of Lumen's presence and pick stuff up to incriminate him which they don't show this but Lumen's blood was like all over that house from her break in so they had to clear all of that up um, and get some stuff that they could use to incriminate him, which turns out to be uh, his wallet. Um, but this was a <clears throat> this was a glaring omission of Harry showing up to be like, "You're not going to let the police take care of this? That's not <laughs> the code."
3: Yeah, but really, he learned nothing. He got his wife killed, and he learned nothing. Yeah. We're right back where we were.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, also, I think James James Remar was uh, he had some off days. He had to cash in. So, <laughs> well, they had they to pay like, right. Peter
0: Weller and Johnny trouble. Lee Miller for this episode, so they couldn't afford him. Yeah. No. I think Captain Matthews even shows up in this one, so their their guest star budget was was sky high. Good thing Lundy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Placed
3: with isn't his name Lindy then. Liddy. Weller's character. It's Liddy. 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 I so made they that replaced Lundy with Liddy.
0: I made that same mistake earlier. I was making notes and I was like, Lindy. Hey Lindy. It's like Lundy, but oh no, it's Liddy. Okay.
3: Oh, it's Liddy. Still, still. They're still keeping it pretty, you know, basic. Same number of letters. General yeah. idea.
0: Oh yeah. Um Limon has a hard time going back into the area where she was held captive. I, I wonder why. Uh, The show keeps throwing jump scares of guys grabbing at their underwear as we pan across a dirty mattress with a bra on it. Watching the show in real time, you would not notice that, but I had to slow it down and be like, what the hell are they flashing on the screen? And it's like guys grabbing at their junk. Uh, Dexter determines that Fowler's job was to finish the women off. They find blood on the floor and wash it up. Dexter grabs Fowler's wallet from a drawer. In the next scene, Masuka magically found the wallet under the seat of the truck
1: and Masuka's just digging around in this truck like he's gonna find something like the smoking gun I guess which eh, he does but yeah <laughs> it's like he's just, just he's just going incessantly at it when I feel like he could be at that tattoo parlor or doing something more productive <laughs> with this time
2: my favorite part uh. is like when he comes out with a wallet he's like lab geeks must have missed this one dude you were the one that was doing the search
0: (laughs) and you're 100% a lab geek yeah, Yeah. like at least 100% (laughs) Uh. Um, Miami Metro Metro goes to Fowler's Dev finds a book with 12 locks of hair in it they find the empty barrel meant for Lumen and the cell where she was kept Angel brings Fowler's pictures to Chase to see if he knows him. He denies. Cole says that Fowler was one of Chase's stalkers. He said it's possible Fowler could have found out about where the keys were and kept and stole uh, the truck. Angel warns Chase that Fowler might be after him as well. Cole and Chase leave. Chase tells Cole that steering the cops toward Fowler was smart. Cole says, it wasn't me.
1: It wasn't me. but a banging on the counter. It wasn't me. <laughs> I'm really into songs today. That's song It's like a mu- it's our musical episode. Their crime, so. <laughs> oh, just wait. I'll I'll come up with a song for take it. Just give me a second.
2: X <laughs> <laughs> gonna give it to you. That's good. Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um. They know that somebody's out there doing stuff, but they don't know that. Yeah, it's Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> which is always exciting um, Sonya shows up to watch Harrison she and Dexter have a talk about Saint Bridget where Dexter says he doesn't believe in her Sonia says that she thought it would comfort Harrison and asks Dexter to reconsider he immediately agrees and leaves so the Saint Bridget conflict is keeping, uh, keeping old Sonya in plot this episode
1: yeah there's just those little things where
0: it's just it's just like what? What what did I miss? <laughs> well, like yeah, that—that's that, another guest star, uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy, who's a f- like you know fairly well-known actress. That they are mm. just completely wasting again. It's another Margot Martindale situation. In fact, I don't think they're wasting her as bad as they wasted Margot Martindale because she's in Fair. like more episodes and stuff. But it's the same kind of thing where it's like you uh, you cast way better than this role deserved.
1: Yeah, it could have been done by just a a day player coming in and being like a random babysitter that he barely trusts. I mean, it's just like one of those things. Yeah, yeah. We don't need that real relationship there. It's not really servicing the plot or the story or the emotion really at all. Well, it's also like
0: I don't know, like a bit. Um, it's a bit of a racist stereotype that she's playing. Like, um, the actress is Irish, but they're making her whole, like, deep-rooted Catholicism and St. Bridget and, um, her initial, like, pulling out because she didn't feel like Dexter was telling her the truth. Like, that whole thing has, has been, like, part of her character. And so it's kind of, it's kind of a stereotypical, like, Irish mother character. Um, but she... I don't think she works because she doesn't have enough of a influence on Dexter himself. He's just sort of there to be used and, and tricked by Dexter and not someone who actually has an effect on his life.
3: All of her scenes just feel really pointless.:
0: Yeah. And and it's all self-contained. Like, she has no... Like, you could take all of that out, it changes nothing about the story. Yeah.
2: It it is just a patch for the plot hole of who's watching watching Harrison Harrison. right now. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, true.
3: We don't want anybody to question the validity of anything we're doing on the show, so we better give Harrison a babysitter. Meanwhile, we've got, you know, the cops doing things completely
0: wrong. Which, like, Harrison should, like, by all by 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 the logic of the show like Harrison should have gone off with the grandparents as well. It doesn't really make any sense that they just took Aster and Cody, but it's like whatever. Well, it kind of does.
2: It it does simply because they're the only ones that are Aster and, Aster and Cody are the only ones that are their blood.
0: Right. But Dexter had to like sign over like parental rights to them. I don't know. It's it's dumb.
1: Yeah. Harrison's their blood, too. No. Te- technically. She,
2: they're, he's half Rita. They're, it's yeah. not Rita's parents.
1: Yeah, it's Paul's parents. Yeah. Oh, it's Paul's parents. I thought, okay. Yeah, Rita, Rita's
2: just got that one horrible mom that shows up like twice. Right. Oh, right.
0: I forgot about her. <laughs> so did the show. <laughs> oh. Jeez. Because <laughs> she wasn't at the, at the funeral or the wedding, so... Man, it's like sometimes they just stick
1: this stuff in here that like later on catches up to you and you're like, I don't even care. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it made such an impact that whole story. Well line. and
0: she was another like Rita's mom is another like Sonya character who like shows up mm-hmm. to cause like some kind of conflict for a little while and then vaporizes.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. And that terrible line that Dexter had. He doesn't need St. Bridget when he's got Father Dexter. I was like, mm. good God, stop. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. That <laughs> one was bad. That one's going on the list.
0: My dad is a priest, and that's <laughs> all grossed me Already on my list. It's terrible. Father, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Liddy shows up to ask Quinn for more money, and he needs him to find out about Lumen. Quinn is unsure, Liddy says, it's the pussy that's making him unsure, and he grins at him. (laughs) And Quinn acquiesces and gives Uh. Liddy another $500. And yes, I did have to screenshot Liddy saying, it's the pussy, because that face was awesome. (laughs) Ugh.
2: How he says it is so, like...
0: Everything he says in this show is ridiculous. Like, over the top. Like, says, son of a gun,
2: Bob, fucking mirror, He dresses and looks (laughs) like the drunken uncle at... The drunken racist uncle at Thanksgiving. It's all about the pussy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck? He plays slimy very well. (laughs) Exactly. He's
0: like a college-educated Yosemite Sam. Like, that's... That's the the way a character comes across.
2: Like the robot cop just say pussy. I don't know how
0: to deal with this right now. <laughs> I hate that rabbit, you dang varmint. Uh Deb and Angel brief Yasmin on how to get the Fuertes brothers, Fuentes brothers, I don't remember. Fuertes brothers into position for the arrest. When Yasmin walks in, the brothers are already there in the VIP area. Like where it tells her to go sit with them. They will wait until the brothers leave and take them then. She tells Quinn and Manzone to try and find the secret entrance the brothers used. Dexter goes to look at Cole's house. He won't let Lumen go inside with him, so she is relegated to lookout duty. One of the brothers calls Manzone up to VIP. She can clearly hear him over the music from a different floor. Uh, Laguarda gives her the go-ahead, but Deb tries to call it off. She says these guys are dangerous brother starts rubbing Manzone's thighs and finds a gun the other brother jumps up and shoots Yasmin in the back like instantly Quinn takes aim at the brother with the gun the brother with Manzone punches her down Deb yells holy fucking shit and runs from the van she ends up in another standoff with the brother who has a gun to the hostage's head this time Um, we don't know why he didn't shoot Manzone Um, plot (coughs) armor I guess Deb doesn't wait this time she shoots him in the head Quinn finds Deb and comforts her.
1: Yeah, I mean chip went down. It was this was crazy. So we all knew it was gonna happen.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't always like uh, like talking about things that are gonna happen in future episodes, but I feel with with Manzone, fuck it, because they've done such a terrible job of making this character anyway. Um Manzone doesn't get killed here, which that seemed like the obvious thing. That seemed like what they were setting up to happen. But they just kill Yasmin, and and that's the the tragedy of this one. Um, Manzone makes her last appearance on the show in episode nine. So that's
2: one of the things. Like, why did they bring her character in? <laughs> like. They could have just had Batista do all of the translation.
0: I just, I don't know. And Deb's always been condescending to her, even though they kind of make it like seem like they're friends sometimes. It, it, it it's very strange the character
3: again doesn't serve much purpose and really the performance is really there's nothing in the performance that elevates it to somebody you're even interested in it's a very flat performance on top of a flat character
0: yeah yeah she's just a uniform cop that like has information because the plot says she does
1: yeah, I think it's story wise too. You're right, Dale. This would have made more sense for Manzone to be shot and killed because then it's uh, it's even more of a thing because it was an officer. Yeah, there's way more then, guilt there.
0: Like Roberta yeah. and Deb would both feel really bad about it and really blame one another for
1: it. Right, right. And there'd be a whole stew of other things that would have to happen because of that, with the, like Matthews having to come down and do, you know, like uh, yeah, it's terrible that it, uh, an innocent bystander got shot, but I think that like and killed, but the. Yeah, the the but who cares about Yasmin? Blown it up. It, like yeah, nobody, cares he, about he, nobody cares about
2: nobody cares. Right? It makes exactly. Batista. It makes Batista o for two for protecting his hooker,
0: <laughs> his hooker <laughs> contacts. So he, he didn't get Gianna killed. Gianna. They just. it's was a hooker contact. That okay, yeah, yeah, like, like, that's how we met her. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Um, So at Cole's house, Dexter finds a picture of a group of high school boys, including Cole. Cole suddenly appears and starts choking Dexter from behind. Dexter gets out of the hold and beats him down as Lumen walks in. They rush off before Cole can see their faces. Dexter looks at the photo. Cole, Boyd, and Dan the dentist are all in the picture. Uh, Dexter asks, so what do we do next? And Lumen says, you said we. Aw. Captain Matthews is at homicide to Ream LaGuerta, always my favorite thing. Angel tries to be encouraging and says that in the heat of battle, sometimes mistakes are made. LaGuerta says, I didn't make any mistakes. What are you talking about? Dexter returns home. Sonia is holding Harrison. Dexter has some thoughts about acceptance and places St. Bridget back over Harrison's bed. He then says a quick prayer next to Sonia. Dexter takes Harrison to meet Lumen and says, sometimes partners find us. Oh tear. So, Lumen meets Harrison yeah. for no reason. Hooray.
1: Yeah. He's really going to screw this baby up. I mean, just all <laughs> kinds of mixed
0: mix messages going into this. Take it! Head. I meet my <laughs> murder friend. Um, this was directed by John Dahl and written by Scott Buck. And it was an episode. Like you guys said at the top, I think this was, a, it was an okay episode, um, and it's probably one of the best that Scott Buck has written on the show so far. Um, it is nice that we are actually getting to the story of this season, and we're not still uh, dealing with the transition stuff. Uh, what was your best line of the episode?
3: I went with, that's either a saint or the worst action figure ever. Uh, when dexter sees the saint bridget
0: nice
2: i liked that guy is clearly a freak but i don't know him
0: yeah that
3: was in close contention that was (laughs) (laughs) good.
1: yeah i went with the prom line about him things just like exactly (laughs) like my
0: prom nice they're a nice firm handshake how about the worst line of the episode
3: doesn't need Saint Bridget he has Father Dexter
2: mm. he has Father Dexter as mine as well yeah that's,
1: that's, uh, let's do the Holy Trinity on that
0: <sighs>
1: same and how about the Chicky
0: Hines memorial performance of the episode
2: I actually put down in my notes like I don't know Harrison question mark <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: one of the two babies that plays Harrison
2: <laughs> yeah I don't really know who I, it
3: does. <laughs> I went with Peter Weller because he's having fun with the part. I mean it's such a slime ball, cheesy character, but he's having fun and nobody ever has fun in a part on this show. So Yeah. He gets he gets the mm-hmm.
2: edge for me. I actually I would agree with that. I also liked um, Deborah's performance in the stakeout, especially after she shot the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. like I could see that <laughs> being the reaction of somebody like that has been clearly affected by shooting. Yeah. someone
0: most of the other performances were upstaged by uh, Saint Bridget herself. Sure. the figurine. Yep.
2: If if yeah. the Fuentes brothers would have had Saint Bridget or maybe Yasmin, they'd all be alive <laughs> now.
1: Yeah, I said uh, Deb for that sick headshot.
2: <laughs> oh my god you should make a video and put the headshot
0: sound over
2: it. <laughs> boom
0: headshot alright well that'll do it uh, thanks for talking through this episode with us guys thanks everybody for listening to season 5 episode 7 we will see you on the next deeply discussing Dexter